All good. All right. Um, yeah. First one I wanted to chat with you about, Dave. So obviously uh, we're recording this a few days uh, on Monday the 1st and a few days ago last week on Friday, I believe the new um, consumer price uh, index figures for the June quarter were um, released showing mm-hmm. that inflation is was hitting and tracking at 6.1%, uh, growing yeah. 1.8% since last quarter's figures. Um, mm-hmm key drivers for this inflation they believe is like transport and vehicle costs so obviously petrol prices going up quite quite high annually transport costs have tracked to go and increase 13.1 percent over the year and housing Mm -hmm. was another key driver for the inflationary pressure that they're tracking at the moment uh, growing nine percent annually i wondered if you can just sort of explain what this means for the everyday person what does this 6.1 percent figure mean for maybe how they're going to have to look at spending their money or how they might be wanting to think about these changes yeah cool so the reserve bank um one of its key tasks is to keep inflation down and historically they've tried to keep inflation between two and three percent so when the pandemic started and um, inflation was really low because people weren't spending money, the RBA dropped interest rates to stimulate the economy um, because, you know, if you can borrow money cheaply, um, you know, businesses or households, you're, you're more likely to spend. So now that we've come out of the other side, um, you know, and COVID's still around and probably ain't going anywhere, because the, num- yeah, the numbers are still pretty high and yeah, every- I've, I've, probably in the last week I've 10 people I know who have had it or currently have it. Um, now, that, yeah, now that we're coming out the other side, the inflation figure released last week was 6.1%, which is now way above the 2 to 3% target range. Um, interestingly, a lot of people are saying that the inflation figure is driven by supply issues so transport costs are going up because um you know the cost of containers is going up the cost of shipping is going up the cost of fuel is going up um you know if if fuel goes up 20 percent yeah truckies have got to spend 20 percent more on their fuel um to transport things which then makes its way into the cost of goods um housing's gone up rent's gone up yeah there's lots of lots of things that are going up in price um but you know fruit and vegetables but a lot of it's driven by supply issues and a few people are saying well once those supply issues work their way through the system uh inflation will drop so what the rba is doing is um trying to trim demand by putting up interest rates because that allows the supply chains to catch up so at the moment, like the, the next Reserve Bank meeting is on tomorrow. We're, we're recording this on the 1st of April and the Reserve Bank meeting's on, on tomorrow. Um, it's widely expected that they'll, well, most, most people are tipping that they're going to raise rates another 0.5%, which will impact people with a variable rate mortgage, especially people who've bought in, say, the last year. Because up until March, the RBA kept saying that they would... Um, keep rates at their low levels until 2024, maybe longer. And then in the course of three months, May, June, July, they've um, increased rates 1.35%. So, yeah, that, that's basically, yeah, inf- inflation's going up and 
the only real lever the Reserve Bank has is interest rates. So as, as we'll talk about a bit later, there's a few people suggesting that rates will continue to rise this year, then we'll either go into a recession or almost into a recession and then they'll start dropping rates. So it's um, certainly an interesting time. I thought we could maybe cover two of uh, two differing viewpoints about whether there's a housing crash coming or not. So I've collected two different um, articles. One, the first one is from a guy that's come on the show a few times called John Linderman. He uh, does property reporting and tracks like where places might be, be ready for a boom in terms of like housing investments to, to rent out and things of that nature. And he's talking about uh, his view on whether there's a housing crash coming. And according to the data he's using, 30% of homeowners in Australia have no remaining housing debt. Another 30% yeah. are investors. And these people claim the cost of their finance uh, and can also raise their rents. So if they're worried about rates going up, like what the media is sort of causing a bit of drama about now, um, investors uh -huh. are, are also, they're able to raise rents to be able to maybe deal with the raising of rates to keep up with the payments that might change. 20% might be upgraders who purchased years ago when rates were much higher. So these rate rises that we're going through now are a bit more manageable for them. And, and John says that the final 10% of homeowners are first home buyers who are usually borrowing most of the price of a property. And these are the ones that are most affected when rates are gonna rise. Um, and it also infects, affects their borrowing power to get into the market. So first home buyers are usually the ones that are the most affected by these rate upticks. Yeah. Um, using some examples from when rates ro rose in the, in, the, uh, in the past, from 2009 to 2010, we had some of the biggest rate rises in modern history. And it did mm -hmm. cause a buyer demand slump, which it's which is sort of looks like it, it, uh, that's what's happening now. Prices fell slightly in cities like Brisbane and Perth, but no crash occurred. And Sydney and Melbourne kept having growth in their values, but it was a little more subdued. Um, yeah. In 2011, confidence began to return to the market. And it's likely in John's eyes that we're not going to see a crash and buyer and seller demand will just pick up again. Um, and he believes that the property market isn't going to crash because only a small percent of homeowners are directly impacted and even fewer are forced to sell if they can't manage their repayments. So before we move mm -hmm. on to another opinion, like what were your thoughts on John's article here? Yeah, look, I'm, he, he's been around for a long time and has seen plenty of um, you know, property booms and property corrections. Um, what we're seeing is people are a bit more circumspect now, I think. Um, you know, people that were, you know, reasonably keen to invest um, six months ago are now, you know, taking longer to get over the line because they're worried about interest rate rises. My view is, in my view is that there will be a correction, um, but that will just open up opportunities because, you know, we've had some clients recently who have been trying to buy property for a while. Um, having their offers accepted, going to auctions where there's no one bidding. Um, yeah, there's less there's less buyers around, and the, mm. the buyers agents and the real estate agents I talk to, um, they're saying it's yeah demands drop quite significantly. Um, part of that is due to you know consumer confidence and you know people um, you know on on the news all the all the talk is about increasing interest rates, 
but in the last two weeks, six lenders have dropped their variable interest rates. Now, none of that made now none of that made social media or made the front pages of the paper or you know, was on a current affair or on the news. So I think consumer confidence is down a little bit, which will reduce the number of buyers. Um, when you have reduced buyers, generally the price is stabilised. So but I still think for, for most people, um, you know, if you're looking to buy an investment property, the next six months is going to be quite good because, as you mentioned, um, if you're an investor, most of your mortgage gets paid by the tenant and rents are going up. So, um, you know, and all the other costs, you know, the agents cost, the rates, the insurance, you claim as a deduction anyway. So I think it's a pretty good time to be buying. Um, like usual, we suggest you don't buy where you live because it's highly unlikely where you live is going to be the best place to invest and that you get help of a buyer's agent um, you know, who can get you access to off-market properties plus um, negotiate a better deal for you because that's what they do all the time. The second viewpoint we wanted to cover was Nerida Conisby. She's an economist from Ray White. I found this one interesting. It doesn't seem to be as um, staunch on the idea like John Lindemann saying that we won't see a crash. This mindset is more about maybe there will be a, a, a bit of a drop in prices, but we probably needed it. Um, so Nerida sort of starts by talking about from March to December of 2021, Aus prices in, in, uh, in Australia for houses increased 32%. But since December of 2021, that, that market has slowed considerably where we saw a slowdown in price increases month to month still in the positive and now we're starting to see it get into negative territory where prices are dropping across the capital cities month over month maybe by minus 0.8 percent minus 1.2 percent nothing crazy but it is a drop um she noted that prices in sydney and melbourne have come back a little bit in the last six months but strong inflation rising rates and an economic slowdown sort of looks to be that we're in a, a different part of the property cycle and the growth had to end at some point and she sort of makes the argument that high australian prices are a double-edged sword the higher prices go, the people that own housing already are going to be in a better position to leverage the, the new value their houses have experienced in growth to maybe get a second house, get another mortgage and get an investment property and grow their wealth. But the, the, the opposite side of that means that first home buyers who are trying to save their money in the bank to get a deposit a 20% deposit now is not what it was two and a half years ago, Dave. So the first home buyers mm. who are still trying to get into the market are probably going to see more challenges as a, as a, as a result of this. And she notes that lack of affordable housing is a challenge for all of the government levels like state, federal and local. Uh, and it's expensive to fix because you can't, unless you just try and speed up the planning policies, there's not really many other ways to fix supply quickly. Um, she doesn't believe they're seeing enough evidence that the market will have a sharp correction um, because she isn't seeing, there's not a lot of statistics that homeowners are contacting their banks saying we're in distress, we're going to struggle paying our mortgages, but it, it's, it still seems too early to tell uh, in her mm. eyes and, and uh, in a lot of other people's eyes too, that like maybe we're in a crash scenario soon, maybe we're going to see a correction, but there's not enough info for us to know for sure whether it is or not going to happen. I just wondered your thoughts on this one. Yeah, look, I think um, 
as um, Nerida said, you know, between March and December 2021, prices went up 30%, which is, you know, huge. Um, so, you know, if we do have a 10 to 15% correction, um, so over the next year, um, you know, prices have still gone up over that, that two-year period because they went up and then went down, but they didn't go down as far as the where they started from. So I think, um, you know, we've talked about this a bit that a lot of the problem we've got at the moment is lack of supply. The, um, you know, traditionally, you know, the government will provide some housing through social housing, but it's not a lot. It's probably, you know, 5 to 10%. And then the rest is provided by mum and dad, you know, by investors, a lot of whom are just mums and dads, um, small business owners, you know, people that might have one property or, or, or a portfolio. So if you want more, you know, if you, if you want to get rents down, you're going to have to increase supply. Um, yeah, we've had a, a lot of people that would have lived in apartments before who don't want to live in apartments now because they're, you know, they're worried about catching um, viruses. Um, we've had the thing where the average number of people in a property has decreased, which means we need more dwellings for the same amount of population. You know, we've had lots of um, first home buyer schemes and people who would normally rent buying properties, which takes property out of the rental market. So, you know, there's, there's lots of things happening. You know, the, 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 main, the main problem we've got is lack of supply. And, um, yeah, until that's fixed, we're probably just going to keep talking about this stuff. But, look, CoreLogic um, have their monthly figures, which they'll release this morning for July. And um, it'll be interesting to see what, what they say in regard to... Um, the you know what's happening happened to the market or the different markets around the country over the last month mm. yeah okay um there were a couple you wanted to talk about once we got out uh before we got out of here dave the first one maybe was uh tracking uh the refinances volume in the last year basically or sorry yeah. maybe uh the financial year ending in june just gone yeah, so refinance volumes are up around about 20%. And that's where most of our work is coming from at the moment. People who are in a loan already, um, who want to see whether they can get a better rate either from their existing lender or from um, a new lender. So you know, traditionally what we do with our clients is every, every six to 12 months, get a copy of their loan statement, we'll contact their lender and see whether they will, um, if they're in a position to offer the, the client a better deal, and quite often they are, um, it's just a matter of asking. Um, but if, if they're not, um, you know, we'll then give the client options to refinance. There's still quite a few banks offering incentives um, to get new business between two and 4,000 bucks, which is um, pretty good. So, um, yeah, that's, that's that one. Um, we, we talked about the RBA meeting um, yeah, and the sort of stuff around CPI and inflation being up in the June quarter and the year to the end of the June quarter. Um, yeah, a lot of people are suggesting rates will rise 0.5%, but yeah, we'll just have to see how that pans out. Um, interestingly, last week, the US Federal Reserve, our equivalent of the Reserve Bank, raised rates 0.75%. Um, on Thursday morning our time and then Friday morning our time um, they announced that the US had had two uh, consecutive 
um, quarters of negative growth, which is the definition of a recession. So, um, yeah, I think one of the risks for the RBA just putting up rates all the time is that, um, you know, will we end up in a recession as well? But who knows? Yeah. Um, a couple of other things. Quite a few people are on fixed rates, including a lot of our clients. So at the moment, there's no real worry for them, all this talk about interest rates. It's just um, business as usual for them because they're already on, they're on a fixed rate. But a lot of them, when they come off the fixed rate, their loan repayments may increase 20 to 40%. So we're contacting people and let them, letting them know in advance and, you know, if they're in a position to make extra repayments for them to try and do that to, so that they've got a bit of a buffer for when they do come off their fixed rate. Normally what happens is around, the, around a month or so prior to the fixed rate ending, the, their current lender will contact them usually by letter and say, you know, you're coming off your fixed rate and here's your new variable rate or you can fix and give them a couple of options. So we're asking our clients to send us those letters so we can make sure that the, um, that the offer that the bank has made is the best one they can do. And then if they, you know, if that's, in our opinion, not good enough, we'll put other options to the clients and, mm. you know, if they want to, um, if they want to move banks, we'll help them. Um, the only other one I was going to mention was around um, Westpac and St George um, have announced they're going to close or merge 100 branches. This is probably not unexpected um, because, um, you know, you'll, you'll go to a lot of places where there used to be banks and there's not banks anymore. Um, a lot of, there's not a lot of people visiting banks. You know, one of the questions we ask people when we ask them on our fact find um, you know, to get more info about what their requirements are is, you know, how often do you go into a branch? And most people say rarely or never. Um, and some people do want to have access to a branch just in case anything goes pear-shaped or they need some extra information at any, any time. And there's plenty of, you know, good um, lenders at cheap rates who've got branches. But, um, yeah, so Westpac um, took over St George. They operate them uh, separately, but it's the same group. And the Bank of Melbourne as well is owned by Westpac. Um, and, you know, it's in, in some of the places you go to, there's a Westpac on one side of the street and a St George on the other side, or, you know, they're three or four doors away from each other. So um, they're looking at, you know, closing or merging branches. So you could go into a Westpac branch and, and do your St George business and vice versa. So I think um, that's probably, you know, the number of bank branches is dropping, which is um, probably a sign of the times that people are spending more, you know, a lot of people do um, bank banking electronically. So there's no real need to go into a branch. If, uh, if people wanted to get in touch with us, there's a couple of ways of doing so. Um, you can contact us on our website, moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. Uh, another option is to go to the Facebook that we have, just type in Money Saver Home Loans. You should be able to find some good content there. And as always, I link uh, our Instagrams uh, for both pages, the podcast and our business in the in the bio of the, the playlist. So you should be able to see that in the description box below. And um, yeah, we'll get out of here on that.